Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are here with This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture by Sugarcane Magazine. I am Melissandra Davis, founder and publisher of Sugarcane Magazine, and I am here with... Maya Ortiz, curator, now at the Paris Museum in Miami. Suzanne Fredericks of Suzy Wong Presents, gallerist, advisor, consultant. Ladies, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Um, I was in Miami. Nice, beautiful uh, week in Miami, actually. It was a nice weekend. It wasn't too hot. I felt like it was, a, you know, the weather is starting to get into that really nice sweet spot here in South Florida. I really like it. Susie, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was quiet. I got a, quite a bit of work done. I forgot that we had National Heroes Day on Monday. So I went, I had a meeting set up and everything. So um, I got a lot done. Let me put it that way. But it was good. All very productive. What's National Heroes Day? I'm um, in Jamaica. We have um, our national heroes and we have an, a bank holiday to celebrate them. So there are lots of like the government does um, the Order of Distinction, OCD awards for national service or service to the nation um, in different fields and um, lots of historical programming on local TV, which I have to say was really I really enjoyed that kind of a lot of archive footage of events that happened and documentaries made like in the 70s and 80s and 90s. So that was really enjoyable. But it's a day to celebrate the National Heroes of Jamaica and what they stood for and, and what they did. Okay, sounds cool. I've never heard of that before. So that's new for us in the West. Now we know what that is. So ladies, we were looking for articles um, for this week and we ran across two that I think that we thought were uh, worth the conversation. Um, and that's one from the Globe and, the Globe and Mail um, by Kate Taylor. Dynamic Caribbean art pushes aside images of plantations and markets. It was a really interesting read. I mean, a lot of art articles you come across these days or you read aren't very analytical or insightful. And I found this one to be really um, perceptive about the intentions of the cur curatorial nature of the show and give a lot of information about the content and the ways in which an archive can be disrupted um, with contemporary work. So yeah, I found it really interesting. I mean, other artists came to mind. I haven't seen the show, I should say, and so I'm not, um, I'm not sure about how it's installed, but from the descriptions, it's in these um, glass panel boxes. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of artists in the Caribbean work in that context too, in terms of using archival imagery to disrupt um, the early work of like Leisha Johnson, Riddell Warner kind of reorients into a video uh, digital work. Um, and so it's really interesting how curatorially this would work on a much grander scale. I really want to see this exhibition. <laughs> Maria? Yeah, um, and this was at the at, in in Canada, right? Um, mm -hmm. Which has a big um, it has a big Caribbean population, so that was also very, you know, I find it very compelling because it's also a way in which institutions there are trying to reach audiences and reach new audiences. And they've also, you know, this archive also includes photographs from people that are not necessarily like artists with capital A. So it's just like this collection of like really Caribbean like narratives that is just, it's a very 
rich ocean to interpret and, and reconsider. So I think that and it's great that this actually was acquired fairly recently into the museum collection. So it's nice to see that they're already um, working with it and that they're con continuously going to, to use this as a tool for Caribbean narratives. So that to me, and you know, the curator, Julie Crooks, she's also fantastic. So I just wanted to put that out there that you know, it's great that also the institution was ready to take on such tasks because they had staff that have the knowledge to, to approach it. And I'm happy to hear this because I've talked to other Black folk in, in Canada. And I've always asked them, you know, um, what was it like, you know, working as an artist there? You know, as Americans, we always hear, you know, like everybody is nice in Canada. It's such a pleasant place to live and the people are so pleasant. And, you know, he kind of gave me the history and the rundown of, you know, not, you know, that's not quite really how it is, you know. Um, so it was interesting to see this show. And also for me, it was a way to acknowledge, you know, not only what I was told, but to see that there may be some real push for change and actually creating, you know, creating community for people who have been there and who have contributed so much to the country and giving them opportunities to talk about their culture and to talk about their life that I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, often, especially when, you know, as, as, as you guys know, I'm from Puerto Rico. So there, because we're a US uh, colony or territory or commonwealth, however you want to call it, we always think about the US as a place, as the first place for migration or one of the top five places of migration. But Canada is also a top five for a lot of people, especially yes. in the English speaking Caribbean. So there's a lot of big Trinidad community, a lot of Jamaicans. Yes. So like, um, it's also good for us within the diaspora to be in contact with other diasporic communities. Because um, our stories are have a lot in common, and actually they have a big carnival up in in Toronto, the yes. Green Carnival, which is like you know, I'm sure some of our listeners have been there and are probably hopefully hopefully gonna and planning to go as soon as they can. Yes. Um, so. And yeah. I also have hope that this makes this a, a comfortable environment for Black artists because the artist that I'm speaking about is Trinidadian in heritage. And, um, you know, he would often talk about that, you know, the, the gallery systems weren't always, um, weren't always welcoming to Black artists, period. It didn't matter where you were from. So yeah. I'm hoping that this is, you know, a start of a change. So we recorded this week in Black art yesterday. So we can listen out for that soon. And I was talking to Lisa Anderson um, from Black British Art. And she says that she's seen a real change since George Floyd. And now that the UK is kind of open now, they're not in lockdown. They can actually go to the museums and the galleries. And she's noticed um, a real change in consciousness that didn't exist pre-George Floyd. So, you know, hopefully what Canada is doing, what this Canadian um, museum is doing is in lockstep with what we're seeing in the UK. And we can start, start seeing and feeling that change. So that's, that's awesome. That. And you know, another thing that like, what I like appreciate about this exhibition is that you can look at the photograph at the archive and then you get a more um, kind of historical approach, but then the contemporary interventions really do, you know, showcase some of the most exciting artists working in the Caribbean right now and also in the diaspora. So 
you know, there's uh, Kelly Sunepa Mary has a work there, as well as Fidele Baez, Emily Patterson, Nadia Hawkins. So you get a really nice kind of, you know, if, if you're if you're getting your feet wet into contemporary Caribbean art, this exhibition is gonna give you some names for you to look at and, and potentially follow if you're in Toronto. Yes, and you know what? Who's happening? There's something happening in Toronto. Um, art Toronto is happening next week, I think, or the end of this month. There are their main art fair in the city. And there's another conference as well. Um, Black portraitures, yes. Black portraitures right. in Wedge, Toronto. Wedge curatorial, right. And that's this month or in November? I think it's in October. I think it's in October, it's happening in November. But um, Black portraitures is happening in Toronto. So I'm not sure if they're gonna actually physically go because I know that was kind of up in the air or if this will be virtual. But Toronto is the focus for this Black portraiture. So, Google Black portraitures, and I think you, there's still time to register for that actually, um, which will be really interesting. <clears throat> and there are artist um, artist um, visits as well. So we can definitely look at that. So story number two, Forrest Bias, how a new Caribbean exhibition is changing the AGO. Through historical photos and contemporary art, fragments of epic memory reflects a community that has long been underrepresented in galleries. Oh, that's what the show I was just talking about. Yeah, it's the same show, but the okay. more of the perspective of what we oh, were okay. discussing in okay. terms okay. of change, of how okay. a museum practice can change and impact and, and you know, create new audiences. Okay, got it, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, something funny happened to me this weekend, which could be related to this podcast or not. Um, uh, I went to, I went to Sunrise, the plantation to buy, I wanted to make Indian food. And I went to plantation to found this the Indian market, the Patel brothers, just giving them a little shout out here. And I get there and I felt really, um, I don't like culture shock, like, oh my God, so many fruits that I've never listened to before or seen before. And this guy walks to me and he looks at, looks at me, he knows that I'm confused, look confused. And he says, can I help you? He's an employee there. And I, he starts helping me and all this stuff. And then another employee comes to him and I couldn't understand what they were saying. And he, they both start helping me. And then one of them asked me, so are you Trinidadian? You know, because the Trinidad has this big Indian community and all that stuff. And I was like, no, I'm Puerto Rican. What are you? And he was like, oh, I'm Haitian. And then what are you? I told the other guy, I'm Mexican. And we just started laughing. But I just thought it was like a, like a you know, a story about, migration and a little bit of, of Caribbean in there that um that yeah that happened in plantation Florida <laughs> you know that's one of the things that I love about cosmopolitan cities is is that aspect you know of you know being able to go and enjoy different cultures and it doesn't matter where you're from or even building up um a strong knowledge base of someone's culture who may not be yours, but you know you become so immersed in it that it becomes easy to to make those those decisions and to be able to direct someone where they need to be. I, I, yeah. I really enjoy that. I really yeah. enjoy that. That's to me that's the most fascinating thing about living in big cities. Yes, and I like to as somebody from the Caribbean being being thought that I could be another from another Caribbean nationality. You know that is not a question. Oh, you could be from Trinidad. You can be. You know, I, I appreciate that. I think that's a nice thing about our countries. 
I used to get that a lot when I first moved here. They would always ask me, you should make an Indian. And that's like, no, no. <laughs> so, where'd you get that from? But I guess, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But that's the thing about uh, definitely living in South Florida, probably in, in other cities where they have a, a strong Caribbean community as well. Yeah. Probably yeah. the same kind of questions. So, yeah, I get Dominican all the time as well. So you something else that I love about this, and I, I took some notes and I thought it was from the last story, but it actually isn't. Um, I also, I like this and really want to talk about it. Crooks uses these photographs laid out in large glass top display tables as the backdrop for an exhibition of modern and contemporary Caribbean art, a rich, a rich array that provides a retort of sorts to the limited images of sugarcane workers market ladies and packet boats. So a few months ago, I was on, in a social media space and there was a woman talking about Caribbean art and um, I think her frustration and maybe shared frustration with other artists that when people think Caribbean art, they think of what you buy as a tourist, right? So like the landscapes and sunsets and market scenes. Um, and that not everyone is doing that type of work, you know, that, you know, we have other ideas, we interpret images differently, you know, we're artists, you know, so you're not going to always buy that. And I think that that's so important because I know people when they go to the Caribbean, that's what they're looking for. And I'm like, you know, that's really great. You know, I always say, take a photo of that beautiful sunset and that market and, you know, don't be afraid to invest in pieces you know, that may not be what you think Caribbean art should look like. And that's what I find, you know, fascinating. And it, it makes me happy, honestly, to see that we have a, a collection that's, you know, being shown that really talks about the Caribbean in total. And I think the way they said this was juxtaposed with, with far more contemporary work was really good as well. Yeah, and I think that's that's key sometimes also to introducing this type of subjects to people that might not, not only, you know, because there's people that are there from the Caribbean that are going to see the archive and are going to in instantly know what the images are about and they're going to feel that personal connection. Now there's others who might look at, at, the, at the images who might not know what's going on. So, and, and also in general, contemporary art can be a little bit um, difficult for some people. So like like combining the archive is a great way to like create, create accessibility towards the contemporary uh, discussions. And I think that, you know, in a city like Toronto, which, you know, it's bigger than Miami for sure, but I, I, I would assume that they wrestle with the same issues of like audience development and being able to get people into the galleries or into the museum and create conversations that everybody can engage with. I can see how this could be a, a strategy to mitigate those types of questions. Excellent. Yeah, and I think it's probably really powerful to see it, um, to see the show itself. I mean, I really would like to go. Um, you see, the difference is listening to you both and I understand the issues in the global north um, but I, being based in Jamaica, um, people that are really interested in contemporary work uh, kind of know you have to figure it out when you get here. And a lot of expats, I would say, um, buy a lot of contemporary art here, which is quite interesting, but they do have to live here. 
and get a sense of fluency um, because it's the it's the very the very same disruption that it makes the the work really desirable the changing of the narratives the changing of the way of seeing the Caribbean and understanding the history and stuff so um, hopefully the show in Toronto will give not just the diaspora Caribbean communities some sense of self and context there but also a way to access the Caribbean in a different way, which is what a lot of the diaspora I think long for, a way in which to, you know, revisualize the Caribbean when they come home, you know? Did this week seem like a slow week to us? Um, in in like, a way, I, I, was I think we tried to cover a lot in the first two episodes. <laughs> I think we covered a lot. It seems like, you know, when doing our Google searches that things slowed down, maybe because was it so 154 is over freeze is over maybe yeah that's all i mean there have been some interesting auction results i mean if you want some news so um i'm intrigued by the auction results um uh, but i should also mention that you know this week uh prospect opens in new orleans which costs more right. white it's part of it from jamaica so that's um uh, you know that that's great so shout out to cosmo and I don't know if I'm missing any other Korean artists. So if I am, please. I don't think so. I think he's the only okay. presence this year. Um, okay. But they are, in terms of their programming, they've brought in um, the third film, the third film festival, Third Horizon. Yes, third Horizon, yes. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's right. So there's a screening there. And um, I think the programming, I've been told, is really thoughtful. I mean, we'll see how it unfolds. I think Nari Ward is doing public installations. Yes, that's right. I think the Nary Ward is part of the, the thing of the, of the, yeah, I think so. He is. And, you know, whenever, when I went to New Orleans for PS4, we're in PS5, so for mm -hmm. PS4, um, I went with a group of people and one of the, the comments that they made is that New Orleans is to them seems like the most Caribbean city in the United States, that everything about it reminds them of home. So it's, I think it would be interesting to see Cosmos and Nari's work in, in that city um, and see what the reception is um, by not just, you know, the art world, but for the, the, the regular, you know, public, the people who actually live there, but see what their response is and how they, they interact with the work would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, Prospect has always had a, 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 as far as I'm aware, again, I haven't been, um, and I wanted to go to this one, um, has had a strong Caribbean presence generally. I remember when Ebony G. Patterson was um, there, it probably, I can't remember the year, and Andrea Chung was there at the, at the yes, last Yes, that was prospect. the last one. And Beatriz yeah. Santiago. With a huge yeah. install. The one that, yeah. yeah, the, the yeah. one that Trevor did, the last one, it had a lot of, it had more Korean artists and also women women artists. Mm -hmm. So um, um, I'm a little bit surprised, only two. Yeah. And Diana Nawi, she's, I mean, she's great. She curated yes. the John Dunkley retrospective yes. at Pam, which was such a fabulous show and so necessary. Yes. Yes, yes. So it's great yeah. to see her moving on to cur curatorial programs like this. Prospect runs until, does it run until February? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. And, you know, they've been having, 
you know, the hearing can happen in New Orleans too. So I believe that now they're planning all their major events, like programming for January. January. So there's still time, you know, it's early on to, now is the perfect time to plan your New Orleans yeah. travel. Yeah. There. It's, it's not in hurricane season. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be a little cooler, but I don't know what cooler is like for New Orleans. Um, I think it's so. similar than here. So okay. I think we have similar weathers. Um, but there's like the swamp situation. Yeah. You know, but you can, that's a, it's a better time. It's just before Mardi Gras. So yes, you can, it won't, it won't, it shouldn't be as expensive. I would think. So. Yeah. It's but, um, but, I, but there's also, you know, so there's that, there's that. And also another artist from Puerto Rico, Lionel Cruet had an opening at um, a space in Puerto Rico at Lobby is called. So there's also been like little projects. You were asking, you know, because it's been slow. There's been like little announcements, I would say, you know, so there's that announcement. So you can start planning your, your New Orleans travel for January. Um, if you're in Puerto Rico or planning to go to, check out alternative art spaces. You know, they're having some exhibitions there. So you mentioned small spaces in Puerto Rico. So people yeah. typically go to Puerto Rico on cruises or, you know, they go, they fly into vacation. Where should we, where should we go if we want to see, you know, exciting contemporary art? That's a great question. And we can even do like an episode on that. Um, uh, but basically in Puerto Rico, um, and Susie, let us know when you're back. In Puerto Rico, there's some museums. Um, there's a Museum of Contemporary Art, there's the Museum of San Juan, there's also the Museum of Ponce, which is actually the one that has the oldest collection. Okay. And then there's a lot of contemporary, like independent art spaces. So it's a very wow. similar format than a lot of other Caribbean places where um, you have kind of like independent spaces kind of running the show. Okay, so Swan Auctions, um, they had two works by Belkiseon, the Cuban printmaker, who I love a lot. <laughs> um, they were estimated 20 to 30,000. I mean, her value does keep going up. Um, and the works, both the works sold for 75,000 each. So her trajectory continues. And um, Christie's had a contemporary auction as well. And Hervin Anderson, who currently has a show open, I think Maria was talking about that. Yeah. Um, this is quite something. It's a, it was a one to 1.5 million estimate. And I'm gonna ask you both to guess the selling price. <laughs> okay, so if you're laughing, I'm guessing that it went up. Yeah. Okay. And if you're laughing, I'm going to be I'm gonna say, oh my God, it's this is on the record, huh? <laughs> Maybe I'll do 10 million. Seven. I was huh? gonna say five. Okay, <laughs> so we're both three million, which is close, but you know, yeah. that's like a I mean, that's a huge kind of jump for him. We're so that's both, pretty yeah. yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's also I like that it's like a good jump. But it's not like crazy, you know, that, it, you know, like it's not like to the point that it's just ridiculous a little bit, <laughs> but completely inaccessible to most. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. It's, it's still most completely inaccessible to most. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question that I think yeah. that a lot of new listeners um, probably have people who are new to the art world. So if 
you have an artist whose work is um is at auction let's say look at today's times you know where there's this real push to make sure that black artists period um artists of color are highly represented you know in the museums in the auction houses as well and we we're starting to see these record numbers do you think these numbers will hold that these will be like their minimums now and this goes up or is this just this particular time period I think, you know, for, for a young emerging or even kind of just becoming established artist, auctions are very dangerous places, you know? The auction value of a work, I mean, the value essentially comes down to two people in the room wanting the same thing and it can really jeopardize an artist's career. So I think galleries have a really important role in ensuring um, that there are terms in the sale about resale and timeframes and whether they offer it back to the gallery first or liaise with the artist. I really believe in artists' rights around their work. And um, also the, the resale royalty rights, I think, is a really important issue. Um, when the collectors do sell work, that the artist does get a percentage of that, and that's agreed at the time of purchase. And those are my personal advocacy issues. Um, I think with the likes of Singer Samson and a couple of other artists, in I would say in the last month or so, I think that's setting the new standard for their pricing. I, you know, I, yeah, oh, the trajectory is only going up. It's almost like the non-white art world or the black art world is coming into center and then it will just have the same life as the mainstream that we're all familiar with. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah. I agree with, with Susan in terms of like where like how an emerging artist or somebody that has a, a younger career or a shorter career, um, auction houses can be a little bit tricky and they can, they can you know, it's a trend, Distort. right? They're exactly. Right. So, cause I don't know if you saw recently that there was this artist who was caught forging uh, uh, some works. And he used to be one of those artists that in the early 2000 was selling very expensively and and then now he was his career completely uh, debunked like burst right so you have to be careful as a buyer when you're buying from auctions to really do your your due diligence of and the, the guy that I was talking about the artist was Christian Rosa he was charged by doing um, forgeries for Raymond Pettibon's work and seven years ago he was like you know selling an auction for really for for great prices and then you know that all kind of went away but so you have to be careful and as a buyer you have to do your due diligence and your research to really get a sense of looking at where this if they're young where was the trajectory which collections have them are they in museums are they not are they getting shows at the place that they should be getting shows at now once you're an older artist like herman which you already have an established market because he was selling, you know, his works was like what, 1.5 million. He was he was already there yeah. going up. That just means that the prices are going up and that are actually going up pretty steadily and in, in a healthy way. Is that a huge jump? So, you know, if you can afford a Hogan Arnest, then yeah, go yeah. get it. <laughs> go get it. <laughs> so we are blessed to have a fantastic guest today with us. We have Amanda Colson from Turn Gallery. Amanda, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. So we have Amanda on because Amanda is with Turn Gallery. But before we get into the show that we're going to speak about, tell us a little bit about Turn Gallery. Turn Gallery is a brand new commercial space in Nassau, New Providence, which is the main island of the Bahamas. Um, we just started in December 2020, so right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and it's just a platform to support Caribbean artists uh, and taking them to the global stage, basically. You know, we do have a few galleries in the region, but generally we're kind of like quite relying on our local markets, maybe um, regional markets. We're really trying to do the fairs, like be very international facing to really make those connections for artists in the region to curators and collectors, you know, with the vision that eventually artists don't have to leave their 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 home to go make it in the art world which has historically been the case for most um artists from the caribbean that they really had to go set up somewhere else in the us or in the uk to to have that access so we're, we're trying to be an access point for the region i love it and right now turn gallery has an exhibition the other side of the pentaprism six photographers in conversation and yes curator I'm the curator. It's the first show I curated at the space because I didn't, I was at the National Art Gallery of the Bahamas for 10 years and I only, uh, we started the gallery in December, but I, I was finishing out, I actually stayed on longer um, because of the pandemic to kind of help the institution get through that moment. So I just joined in April. So the shows, uh, previous shows were curated. We all take turns curating. And this is the first one I got to curate. And it's just so exciting to be back to curating again after being a sort of admin person for so long. And uh, so, yeah, it's six photographers. They're all women. Um, and really, it just came about because, you know, when I came home, I didn't actually see it that much photography or video really happening at the time. And there's been kind of a, a I don't want to say an explosion. But there's been a, suddenly a lot recently and approaching it in a different way, you know, beyond the sort of typical sort of landscape photography that we know from the region. And um, I just thought the the artists were all kind of, coming at the same topic but from a different angle and using their their camera as kind of you know as as a way to like re re-envision the world um so it's called the other side of the pentaprism because the pentaprism is the mirror that's inside an old single uh, lens reflex camera and the mirror is what allows you to actually see see the image not upside down and not backwards which is what would happen if you just have a camera obscura and so the idea that like reality is actually um, manipulated somehow, right? To actually see reality, you have to manipulate it. And uh, so it made me think about Through the Looking Glass and Alice in Wonderland and this idea that like the world we're seeing, our world that we are presented is maybe actually the Through the Looking Glass. And when you use the camera and you flip everything around, you're, you're creating the vision of the world that you should have. So these women are really showing us um, different visions of how the Caribbean can be seen, how Caribbean women can be seen specifically, how we can reinterpret history. Um, so that's that's kind of what the show's about. And it's conversations because two of the photographers, Tiffany Smith and Jody Minnis, use self-portraiture. So they use their own bodies, they use themselves as the, as the subject um, to kind of question the tropes of, sort of Caribbean womanhood. And then uh, Tamika Galanis and Melissa Alcina both approach portraiture, but in a, from a, again, a very different uh, different way. And then um, Lynn Perotti and uh, Leanne Russell are both using a sort of similar technique in that they're using multiple negatives to create, to build up these stories. And they're both dealing with sort of architecture and our surroundings and how, how that's been interpreted or not interpreted and how, um, 
how how buildings really hold our histories so yeah so that's the show <laughs> you know congratulations amanda because i think that you know turn gallery um is in a fantastic initiative and it like you said it's very much needed for the region so i just wanted to like start with that and, and not that because there's other galleries of course in other parts of the caribbean but i think that you know the more the merrier so I think yeah absolutely now there are a lot of other good galleries that have been working for a long time yeah. you know and uh, so we're certainly not the first i think um we're just really trying to again sort of almost be international first but but placed here because we think yes. it's so important for the region to be represented by itself you know exactly. and, and and not to be i, I heard you I heard in another show you were speaking about Hulda Guzman and it's great, you know, artists being picked up by European yeah. galleries, but yeah. it's so important to have local representation and for Definitely. the world to see us as capable of caring for ourselves Definitely. and looking after Definitely. ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing that struck me um, by the title of the show is that in a way, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a word that I didn't know, even though that I'm in the art world and and so is it, and it's a word that really speaks to photography and just like, mm -hmm. photo, you know, the history of photography and, and the mechanism of photography. So you have to really know the, the whole thing to know what it means. So I also felt like in a way that title strategically also points to this idea of the Caribbean artist as a connoisseur of the medium versus this versus the exotic representation of, you know, kind of this more like naivete photography. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. You know, you hit the nail on the head. And also that the region is, um, you know, full of intellectuals and full of people that write uh, so well. And, you know, yet we t tend to never be perceived that way. So it was very intentional to um, come up with a title that got people thinking. <laughs> Now, some of the works here are also quite like, um, I mean, a lot of like, like provocative, like, for example, you know, the, the salt, lime and pepper from Jody Menes with the, with those, you know, shakers that are quite, yeah, you know, the, the mammy, the mammy offensive to people. Yeah, exactly. Be offensive to some people. Yeah, and she's, well, she's playing with that. She actually found them in the basement of the NAGB. They apparently had been used uh, for some kind of workshop and she came across this case of them and she was like, can I have them? And I was like, absolutely, get those things out of here. Um, so <laughs> it's like this sort of mammy figure that, you know, that we know from um, Aunt Jemima type of situation. And she's really playing with that caricature because as, um, you know, as a black woman, as a larger black woman, as a, she understands like how she's inevitably read immediately by certain um, people or visitors. And she's really like um, dispelling the notions around that idea, but also, you know, that mammy salt shaker carries so much because it's about, it's about carrying, you know, carrying people's sorrows and food and, you know, the expectations of that caricatured black woman to be caring, to be cooking, to be taking care of the kids, to, you know, uh, and she's really saying, no, that's, that's no. <laughs> and in fact, there's one, one, a self-portrait in that series where she's dressed up as the mammy character and she's got the rolling pin and she's just really kind of hitting, hitting the viewer with it and, and it's it's called no <laughs> <laughs> so what so, yeah. our listeners can but, see is that we're actually looking at the work while we're talking to amanda so when this goes up you'll all be able to see it on sugarcane's instagram page you can visit sugarcane magazine on Instagram and you'll be able to see some of the works from the show. So Amanda, Excellent. the show closes at the end of this month, at the end of October. Yeah. Will you be extending this 
or well we, it, it's, it's going to live online so it will live online in, our, in an artsy um in an artsy room so we put all of our um all of our exhibitions up in an online exhibition and uh, and certainly you'll be able to still see it on turn's website so www.turngallery.com and see all the images from all the artists there um so it is coming down at the end of October. It's been up since uh, since mid-August. We try to turn over every six weeks just to give ourselves time to really, again, show show a lot of different artists. And um, and then quite often in between shows, we do little like pop-up things. So we're starting a concept store for um, for local designers so that uh, we can we can also create a platform for people doing really interesting design work in the region. So yeah, very busy. <laughs> This is really great. I love that you're giving, you know, creating this platform for people so that they can they can stay in they can stay in their region and not feel like they have to leave. This is really exciting. Well, that's, that's the aim. And for people who are visiting to, you know, realize that there's so much more and you know, diversity in design and thought and concept. And, yeah, and, and that's why also go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that it could also work vice versa. Like I know artists that are in the diaspora that sometimes they want to have a gallery back home you know? yeah absolutely and we do I mean we are working with a couple of artists who currently are living in the states but you know like Leisha Johnson who you know is is absolutely a Jamaican artist um spent the most of his career in Jamaica but just recently went away to get an MFA and so he's in the states right now um but so we we do work with artists um from the diaspora because again it's it's important to like I said to feel that you know your home region supports you but that also that we can support our own I think you know historically um you know the world kind of looks at the region and many other parts of the globe is always kind of having a handout and expecting expecting someone to come along and save us and you know I think you know we're, we're all very capable of looking after ourselves um despite the struggle um but so uh, you know it's important to, to to have that to have these spaces so that uh, again, you know, we can we can tell our own stories, and uh, and not be relying on other people to interpret um, our our existence for us. Absolutely, I wanted to say. I mean, I wanted to say how important I think Turn is, um, and I think the real difference in the region, in terms of gallery, other commercial spaces or access points, is that you're representational, and you have a really good. Um, intent around particular artists, their work, connections, home. I think it's a really, really important development. And I wanted to say thank you for making it happen and you're a powerhouse. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're ter terrified at the same time, but having lots of fun. So, <laughs> and, and also, you know, the name and the branding, we thought really a long time about that too, because, you know, we didn't, mm -hmm. again, want to fall into that trope of um, everything's pink and it's conch shells and it's, you know, palm right. leaves and so, you know, the name Turn, it's a bird, it's a shore bird that is, you know, lives in a lot of our, on a, on a lot of our beaches, um, but also crosses boundaries. So it's global and local at the same time. So we want, we wanted something local, but it took us really a long time to find something, a plant or a architectural motif we were trying to, that didn't sound touristy or didn't sound kind of, you know, mahogany gallery, hibiscus gallery. We didn't want any of that. We wanted something very kind of clean. And, uh, and the branding is also very, very clean and very minimal because we, again, don't, we want people to see it and not realize we're even necessarily in the Bahamas at first, but then, right. you know, that we could, we could be operating anywhere in the world so that we don't fall. Cause you know what it's like, you know, all of us, when you say, oh, I'm from Jamaica, I'm from the Bahamas, 
you suddenly get this slew of ridiculous questions. You know, do you go to work on a dolphin or, you know, I, I don't know, do you? Yeah. <laughs> crazy, Lots crazy things, right? What, what people assume how we live and we live just like anyone else, really. We are, we're mm-hmm. contemporary people living in, living in a contemporary world. Um, and so, you know, we want to also work towards dispelling that notion of sort of um, this sort of trite, uh, cutesy sort of narrative that we're all kind of loafing about in a bikini um, under a palm tree all day. You know, we're, you know, we're not, we're working, <laughs> we're working hard. <laughs> so tell me this in context to that, a show like this, I mean, certainly in Jamaica, I can speak to photography not being a, a, a kind of medium that collectors engage with. And it's, it's severely undervalued on many levels. So in the Bahamas with a show like this, um, with such wonderful photography and work around identity and place and self and all those um, dynamics that come into it. And with such a kind of conceptual title and positioning, what has the response been like locally to this show? It's actually been good. We've, we've actually placed works here at home but we have also placed works internationally. So, you know, we knew going into this that we couldn't rely on the local market alone um, right. for anything. I mean, again, you know, we're not Jamaica. We're a country of 380,000 people. It's like the smallest little small town in, you know, a, a, a larger country. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it would be like trying to have an international gallery and again, some, some little tiny country town. And so we know that we know we can't rely just on the on the local market, um, but the local market has been supportive, uh, very supportive, actually, since the beginning. So we've done well so far with every show. And also, I think we're engaging not just um, local Bahamians and trying to cultivate new collectors here and younger collectors, but also like we do have quite a large community of people that come and just spend a few months a year here. And, uh, and, you know, traditionally, they just haven't wanted to come downtown, which is where the National Art Gallery was. And so we're finding suddenly all these people kind of coming out of the woodwork and showing up mm-hmm. as a gallery for openings um, that were like, oh, this is so great, you know? And, and so we're also selling to them and then they're telling their friends back in Canada or the States. So right, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. And so that's interesting, um, about like location, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of politics with like going downtown and not going downtown and so on. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to be strategic. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it's a long drive for me because I do not live on this end of the island, <laughs> but I, I just take the coast road and I enjoy the drive. Um, so, yeah, we had to be strategic about where we were located. We had to be in an area that, you know, every, sort of uh, uh, people felt comfortable coming out late at night, coming to openings um, and downtown. As you said, it, there is a lot of layers there and there's a lot of um, hearsay about what goes on downtown and probably the same as in Jamaica. You know, you wouldn't want to open your gallery in downtown Kingston because um, it would be a challenge. So, so yeah, so, but, but the local market's been supportive. So we have placed work and, and very conceptual work um, locally to good collections. Right. And then we are cultivating like sort of new, new collectors, you know, younger people coming, opening businesses that wanna, you know, they wanna have work in their office that reflects themselves, that reflects the country. Um, they're being a little bit more edgy. So it's, it's really very, um, you know, we're really excited about it. Fantastic. Amanda, we're so excited to have you with us, um, and thank you. So the show closes October 30th, but we are able to view the work on Artsy, as you mentioned. You go to Artsy, you can put in Turn Gallery, and you'll be able to find the work. Exactly. From T-E-R-N. From T-E-R-N, yes, not T-U-R-N, T-E-R-N. It's a bird. It's an excellent crossword word as well. It always comes up in a crossword puzzle. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you can always, yes, go visit Artsy and there will still be works available. This is photography. So there's still works available that people can purchase. So that's always available. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. And that's why actually we're, we're, you know, the Artsy platform, we find the photography does well there because it's an addition and it's easy to view online. It's, you know, it's, it's not so easy to sell things online, you know, if they have a lot of material or a lot of texture, but photography seems to work. So it's, a, it's an excellent show for that. So please go to our Artsy page and take a look. And are, will you be at any art fairs? Absolutely. Yes, of course. We just came out of Future Fair in New York, which was great. We did really well there with Leisha Johnson. And we're going to be at Untitled in uh, in Miami. So it's our first outing. I know we're super excited. Yes. We can't believe that we got in. It was like champagne corks popping when we well, uh, when we got the news. That is well, my favorite air in Miami. Well, I have to say something though. This year, Untitled is going to have a focus on the Caribbean, though. So so yeah. Just, Yay! Just in their um, talk program, I was on a panel about Car a Car contemporary Caribbean museum in 2020 so they're, they're going to focus on the caribbean again this year yeah they have a focus on the caribbean well if they're being smart they're going to stay focused on the caribbean because we are the up-and-coming region That's so yeah we're right. going to be at untitled we're going to have uh four um artists they're going to be all women again uh we had actually all men in new york but um so we thought we it's going to be anina major who's an incredible ceramicist she's just opened up in a group show at mass mocha um she has she's at uh, socrates sculpture park just opened as well and we're having a solo with her next year and she is amazing she does these incredible kind of woven basket ceramics that just have these kind of life of their own and she'll be um, doing a performance she's also a performance artist and installation artist uh we'll have work by april bay um who does some of her amazing tapestries we're so excited about that yeah, uh yeah, sydney yeah. colby who's a young sort of paint mixed painter slash mixed media artist um uh, with these large portraits of, of women and family members that are collaged they're really fantastic and Kendra Frorup, who is uh, another incredible artist who's having a mid-career retrospective actually um, at the NHB next year. And uh, she's a little older. She's one of the kind of women who's been at the forefront and she creates these wonderful kind of sculptural assemblages of sort of, um, wow, I don't know how to describe it. It's so hard to describe, but she salvages things from old homes and she makes casts of like native fruits. And they're just these amazing sort of, yeah, sculptural assemblages, which each one is sort of a snapshot of a memory of her experience living here. So that's going to be our booth. It's going to be very, we're going to fall into that trope. It's going to be very colorful. In New York, we were all monochrome. We were all like, you know, we're not in the Caribbean. We can be different. We were all black and white and very monochrome and very slick in New York. But in Miami, we're going for it. We're going to be glitter and we're going to be color. And we're going to be <laughs> I love color. I love color. So we are going to close out before we go. Um, if you're listening, this is This Week in Caribbean Art. This is episode three. Episode three, we've done it. Um, right now, if you're listening to this, you can definitely find us on Spotify. We are still waiting for iTunes to give our approval. I heard it takes a long time. So iTunes, if you're listening, can we hurry this up? Make this I, go a little yeah, faster. iTunes, get your act together, iTunes. <laughs> So, you, but you can definitely find us on Spotify. You can follow us there. You can also follow Sugarcane Magazine at Sugarcane Magazine on Instagram. You can go to the website, sugarcanemag.com, um, where you'll find updates um, on new art news, as well as different stories that come out every month. And then Maria, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, Contemporary Chica is my handle. 
Amanda, where can we find you in the gallery? You can find me personally at Coulson underscore Amanda, which is C-O-U-L-S-O-N, and uh, follow my ridiculous life. And uh, for Turn Gallery, just go to uh, Turn Gallery. Gotcha. With an E, T-E-R-N. Susie, where can we find you? At Susie Wong Presents on IG. That's the place to go. It really is. Susie, do you have any talks coming up? Any talks? Um, I guess, yeah, I have a couple. Well, yeah, I have like a three month program. I'll let you know what it is. Things are still coming to fruition. And, you know, when I'm ready to announce, I'll let you know. Okay. Make sure you're following Susie Wong on Instagram. Ladies, thank you for your time. Have a fantastic week, a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week on This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.